Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Round two underway. Jim Miller and Alexander Hernandez going at it. Pretty even fight so far. Just into the second round. We'll keep you updated on that one. Aaron Blanchfield takes on Jessica Andrade. That fight's basically a pick That's the main event tonight of USC 69 in Vegas. Welcome back into Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and producer Jake Noaker. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's go ahead and talk about some news and notes in the world of fighting this week. The Ultimate Fighting 31, the Ultimate Fighter, I should say. Filming has begun. Obviously, that's Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. We've talked about the fight. We've talked about how many different options Conor had, but we haven't really talked about who you like to win that fight once it comes around. Which way are you leaning right now? I got to lean Michael just because I don't know what Connor we're getting. I mean, he hasn't won very much recently. And the thing that really worries me the most, honestly, more than anything, it's it's not a question of does Connor have the ability to beat Michael Chandler. I don't think Michael Chandler's a juggernaut. I definitely think he's beatable. Uh, but it's the health, man. It, it, it's what is what is Connor going to be like coming off a, a broken leg? And, and seeing his leg snap like that, it, it's just – you know, you look at what Anderson Silva was after that and just wasn't the same guy ever. And what made him so special was, you know, the kicks, the unpredictability. I already thought Connor was becoming a little bit more one-dimensional uh, the, the the later fights in his career. And what always made him special was him being able to hit those kicks, the, the that range that he's able to, to establish. And if he doesn't have that against Michael Chandler, uh, I just think that it becomes a much more difficult fight for him. So I'm leaning Michael Chandler, but... It more has to do with, I just think that's a devastating injury for Connor to come back from. Interesting, because when it comes to John Jones, you're always saying, well, he's taking the time off, and so I'm not worried about it because I've seen it before. But it's obviously the injury as much as the time off that concerns you with Connor. Let's say that Connor goes out there and wins the fight, though. It seems to me that if Michael Chandler goes out there and wins the fight, this is probably about as big as it gets for him. I don't really see him fighting for a title. Honestly, if he wins, he's beaten. Connor, an old Connor that's lost, what, now that'd be five out of six fights. He's taking care of Tony Ferguson. He's taking care of Dan Hooker. Like, not really the, the, the who's who exactly, even though he's wildly entertaining in the way that he wins. If Connor wins, though, because of everything that you just said, we don't really know the longevity of him. It feels like they might just say, all right, bro, you pick your weight class. You tell us when. You tell us where. And we're going to put you in a title fight. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I, I think that that's the, the possibility because you always are wondering with him, like how much more or how much longer does he want to do this? 
you know, he's not old, but he's also not young. Like he's kind of in that mode of like, it could go either way. It's felt for a while. Like he, you know, just doesn't have the the same drive for this. And, and I've always thought that, you know, the bigger Connor is the less special that he is as a fighter, but if you can get one more title fight out of Connor, that's big business. Of course, the UFC is going to try and make their their move to to get in there and do it. It's just a question of you know, is he good enough to beat a guy like Michael Chandler? Michael Chandler, though he hasn't got his hand raised. Look, he's been competitive every single fight. It's not like he's you know, a, a Tony Ferguson of late where he's getting blown out every single fight or you know on the tail end of Tyron Woodley. Like I, I think Michael Chandler has a lot of fight in him still. He's just in a very, very dangerous weight class, and he's lost to some of the best guys in the world. The thing we don't know about Connor's motivation, does it come from making a lot of money? Obviously, he has his whiskey and a bunch of other endeavors and endorsements where he gets paid. Or is it just that he hasn't won in a while? Because when he was winning, he was he was literally as motivated as any fighter that we've ever seen when it came to training, when it came to smack talking, when it came to stepping into the octagon, when it came to promoting but when he was losing all of a sudden, he kind of had to put on a character, if you will. So I'm very curious to see what Connor we get. Speaking of comebacks, John Jones, two weeks from tonight, steps back into the octagon. I think you're going to kind of start to feel it. I couldn't sleep the other night, and I was thinking to myself, yo, John Jones is finally coming back. We've been waiting for this now literally for three calendar years. And he was talking about DC earlier in the week, saying, if DC's the guy that. commentating the fight, I don't <laughs> care. If he comes in and raises my hand afterwards, you tell me. I don't really like this kumbaya stuff. I like the way that DC handled it, where he's like, look, man, you don't have to tell me that I can call the fight because I know I can call the fight. These guys are supposed to always hate each other. Well, that's the thing that I found funny about it is, like, it seems like a nice thing that you're saying. But it's really not like, oh, I need permission to to call the fight. Well, thanks, John. I didn't realize that. I you ain't my daddy. For, for my bosses to tell me that I could show up to work. Like, yeah, of course he's allowed to go call the fight. What kind of a ridiculous thing that would be? Like, I, the 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 UFC would be stupid if they didn't have Daniel Cormier call the fight. Like, of course you want to have DC call the fight. If anything, if DC's got one more left in him after this one, like, just call him out there in the octagon while he's there calling the fight. I mean that would be that 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 would be uh, it would be st- stupid not to have Daniel Cormier there all week promoting this thing, dude. What? You don't really think that Man. would happen, right? And you don't. Eh, and you don't not? really think DC would. Yeah, DC accepts and he throws off the headset and he walks in there like Lesnar did. Oh my God! You give me the gooseies. You give me the gooseies. I got the gooseies. Stop, stop getting me excited. Why wouldn't it? Like, listen, if you're, first of all, fighter retirements, like what's more flimsy than that? And second of all, going into heavyweight, like if you're telling me you're Daniel Cormier and it's the rivalry of all rivalries, you hate John Jones. Now you don't have to make 205 to go fight him. Yeah, I I would definitely, I I definitely think that that would be a a possibility. I think the more likely thing is he probably fights Stipe, but I don't, I don't rule it out that that's something like that could happen, especially if there's some smack talk during the week, if it gets a little bit feisty. I didn't buy this kumbaya stuff at all. Smell a rat of that. No, if John called for the fight and DC wanted it, that fight would most definitely happen. And that fight would most definitely happen even over Stipe. Bro, they've had no problem saying, Stipe, you're great. Maybe the greatest heavyweight. But you're not not right now. We got other guys. That, they're doing that right now. Come on. With guys that can make more money. So stop. They, that would absolutely happen if both guys agreed on the fight and give me the goosies. So let's move on. A fight that I don't get really too many goosies over is happening next week, and that's in the boxing ring, and that is Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. Um, where do you go with this one? Because I know Tommy Fury's your boy from 
Love Island, although I honestly think, and I'm probably going to bet on it just because I'm a sucker for these things. I'm going to be watching, so, you know, I'll lay down some money on it. And we'll be talking about it a lot next week. Dude, Jake Paul's going to knock this guy out just like he has everybody else. Yeah, the thing that worries me with Tommy Fury is, like, why has this fight taken so many times to happen? This is the third time they've tried to make the fight. And so many times he said things like, well, I'm not in shape or I need extra time to train. And I just feel like you're taking on Jake Paul. Like, this is what you're – you're from the Gypsy Kings lineage and you're telling me you need a full camp to get ready for Jake Paul. Now, I don't mean that to sound disrespectful to Jake Paul, but, like, you see what I'm saying is, like, wait, you're, you've are you built a lifetime trying to be a professional boxer. This guy's coming into your sport and you've ducked him twice and we're finally going to get this after all this time. So I think I think there's definitely something to the fact that Tommy Fury is going into this a little bit tight, uh, a little bit, you know, the, the, this is the first time since Love Island he's going to have actually people watch and care about one of his fights because, you know, for the most part he's fighting on undercards and fighting bums to kind of fatten up that record. And there is a lot of pressure, I think, of carrying the Fury name and, and, having, and being the guy that, you know, if, if Jake Paul can beat somebody from – the Fury family, that certainly is a, a little bit of a feather in his cap. Well, the lineage you talk about, that's what it is. You got half the lineage, so, you know, yeah. whatever. And, I mean, the better looking side, let's be honest. And on top of that, he, the bums you're talking about, Jake Paul's probably better than all those dudes. Not as experienced. Those guys are quote-unquote professional boxers who have these records. They ain't that good. I've seen this guy fight. He's a scrub, I'm telling you. And I bet that Jake Paul knocks him out in like Three rounds. It doesn't even take that long. Tapped out here on the BetQL Network. We're talking a little fighting, a little gambling, trying to make some money here on a Saturday night. Uh, you know who you didn't make money on if you bet on last night? Bro, did you see Greg Hardy get knocked out oh. in KFC? Oh, my it was God. Bad. Big yeah, so upset, he came too. in as a favorite. Big upset, yeah. He got knocked out by whoever Josh Watson is. We'll have to be watching that guy in the future. It's, people are still always rooting against Greg Hardy, right? So it's like there's always a lot of money that comes in against him. I probably would have done the same thing had I known that fight was starting when it was. And then afterwards, I kept seeing the highlight. Man, you want to talk about the one hit or quitter? Maybe, maybe Greg Hardy, maybe just fight who's not in the cards, my guy. Yeah, you know, I think like the best like Greg Hardy's ever going to have is that moment where like he had a better showing against Volkov on short notice than anybody ever thought that he was going to. But, like, you talk about a guy that had so much weirdness go around. Oh, man, I'm just checking. Jim Miller's about to choke out Alexander Hernandez with 30 seconds left. Let's go. Choke him out. Choke oh. him out. Did he tap? Did he tap? Did he tap? Oh, Did he tap? He's, he's, Did he he's tap? okay right now. I think he's about to go to sleep. He's out. Nope. Tap, Wait, bro. Tap, bro. You got uh, – I don't know if he's got him, dude. I think, he's, I think he's – Come on. I think he's, I think he's going to beat the clock. Tap out. He's, he's only got 15 like seconds left. Tap. Oh, he's good. 15? He's free. 15? Wow. 15? Did you say he's on his feet? Yeah. I hate that you're so far ahead of me. I'm sorry. Dude. How did he not sink that in? He had the hooks in. He had How do you not sink nope. that in? I think Hernandez is going to win this now. Uh, Look at you, Jake. You make your money, dude. You went on the young. Uh, listen, a good week for Alexander Hernandez. No, he's going to knock him out. Don't give him credit. Give me credit for almost getting it. Like, I almost always. Oh, yeah, KO. Sorry, buddy. Well, listen, you, you, that's, no, that, that, that's just disrespect. That's disrespectful against you Jim had, Miller, dude. You had those hooks in, dude. I thought he had them, dude. I thought he was about to go to sleep. You wow. You know what I think it was? I don't know because I'm trying to host this radio show. It looks like he was kind of slippery because, you know, the third round, they're all bloody. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody, and bloody too. So yeah, bloody and sweat. Out. 
way, way too much blood and sweat, unfortunately. But yeah, third round, that's how that's even that rear naked in the third round. I mean, third round, fifth minute of the third round, those rear nakeds are tough. That's why usually if, if fights end like that, usually it's more of a Usman type thing where it's like, oh damn, where'd that come from? Opposed to sinking in that choke. All right, well. But uh, yeah, that. so anyway, no, Greg but, Hardy, I don't know, dude. I don't know where he goes from here. Like the only other thing that left is for him to box. He's done some cards or thought about doing some cards. He trains uh, not far from me in, in Delray Beach. And uh, I know that they have a card in Delray coming up pretty soon. So maybe he'll do one more stint on that. But yeah, it feels very much like the Greg Hardy experiment is coming to an end. Well, he just feels like a little bit of a, you know, sacrificial lamb at this point. Because even when he goes out as a favorite, he ends up going out in that fashion. You know what he needs to do? And I know that you're anti-slap fighting, and so am I. But he just looks like he'd be good at it, doesn't he? Like he, did he looks you, like he's... Did, did, did you see that story this week of a slap fighter getting suspended for doing blow? I was like, are you kidding no. me? Like, first of all, no. why are they drug testing them? And second of all, why is it illegal that he's not, <laughs> he's not allowed to do cocaine for taking a slap? Is that performance enhancing? You're a lot like, I don't understand. I didn't know there was such standards at the slap fighting. I just assumed that that chalk was mixed with cocaine. So I had, yeah, I had no idea. I had news to me. Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine. Who knows where we'll take the show tonight on a Saturday night. Looking forward to Aaron Blanchfield and Jessica Entourage. That's a pick on the co-main tonight. Jordan Wright takes on Zach Pauga. Um, Diego Sanchez also lost last night. Do you have a yeah. favorite uh, Diego Sanchez memory of all time? I'm trying to think because oh. there's so many crazy ones. What's, what, what's yours? Go ahead. What say you? Mine's either. Let me let me take it first, so you don't steal mine. It's either got to be the weird training upside uh, down. Well, with, at the, but that's you don't have to go. Bad, it's it's you don't have to go yeah. immediately to the. Uh, you don't okay, have to go okay, okay, okay. The weird stuff. No, okay. Then when he went from the dream to the nightmare, and he came out with a giant like ten foot cross. That's that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? He's a, listen. He's an OG man. Like I think, and I feel bad because like you go up against the guy in Austin Trout last night. And Austin Trout has, like, not been a good boxer for a while. But, like, this guy, Austin Trout, a lot of people thought beat Canelo. And so you're going to go in and, like, you're going to go beat that guy in a hands competition? That's a that's a, that's a a tough go for uh, for Diego Sanchez. But, you know, come on, dude. OG ultimate fighter. Like, I feel bad when this stuff comes to an end because you forget the good stuff. You don't feel bad. Um, we also didn't spend enough time, don't by the way, talking feelings. about – you, I, I can. Your your face tells me you don't feel bad. I'm, I'm no therapist, but I'm also just honest. Uh, we didn't talk too much about Josh Emmett losing to Yair Rodriguez. And Yair, I've always kind of thought Yair had the potential to be that dude. Obviously, now he's the champion. Do you think Yair could beat Volkanovski? Oh, I think he's definitely got a shot um, because he's so unorthodox and he's hard to prepare for. Uh, we certainly have seen Volk striking just get better fight after fight. But it's hard. I think Emmett told us this. It's hard to prepare for a guy like that. And you just saw, like, the angles of the elbows that he comes with. He'll throw spinning kicks at any time. He'll give you a flying knee. Like, that unpredictability is so hard. Now, the worst we've probably ever seen Yair look is a guy in Frankie Edgar who could take you down and just pummel you. And certainly Volkanovski has the skill set to do that. So he cannot allow himself to get taken down by uh, by Alexander Volkanovsky. But when you have that kind of versatility in your striking, I think you definitely have a shot. And 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 you know he was he was magnificent against Josh Emmett. You know tough for a guy. Uh, you know our guy because you know we like Josh a lot. But 
Yair is uh, he, he's he's a different animal with some of the stuff he's able to pull off in that octagon. Well, he didn't look great to be fair against Zombie. I didn't think, and then he pulled out the most unlikely, craziest blind backwards elbow with one second left in the fight that the UFC has ever seen. So that's the thing about Yair is some guys, we say the old adage is, you know, he's not out of the fight until it's over. With Yair, I've seen fights where I didn't think he looked great, and then he ended up getting his hand raised, just like he did against Josh Emmett. We've got a bunch of fights coming up right around the corner. Who's BT got? How are we going to make some money? We talk about it next. You're locked into the BetQL Network. 